Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for... gentlemen welcome we are locked and loaded to yet another episode of the conspiracy farm i am as always your ever faithful co-host jeffrey wilson riding shotgun with my boy ufc hall of famer pat militage how you doing today buddy i'm doing good we've got a a really great guest today a a combat veteran retired marine very intelligent guy uh ohio state grad uh he's a buckeye and you know i've had some very interesting discussions with him about the subject we're going to talk about today and yeah he's he's on point man he knows which what he's is, talking about which is las vegas ladies and gentlemen but before we get started i want to shout out and thank you to all the people who have taken the time to support the farm support the operation shout out to my boy shane nichols for your contribution to the operation my man peace and so much love thank you so much every little bit helps click on the link in the description of this video it's our paypal link Every little bit is helpful. You know, we are trying to take this to the next level. Obviously, we're starting out with a little TV show here. Even trying to take that to the next level. And uh, we don't take any money from the bad guys. So this is a grassroots, listener-operated, operated-funded uh, operation. So thank you again so much. And, um, yeah. In other words, what you're saying is there's no pharmaceutical commercials on this show. No, no, no. no absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. We're half the commercials, all the symptoms you got. So today, man, like my man said, we have a good, awesome guest today. George Pardos is joining us today. As we all know, ladies and gentlemen, on October 1st, 2017, whoa, something wicked this way came to Las Vegas. And we're going to talk about it, man, from the official story, which is this gentleman went up and did this dastardly deed by himself, to a quite, man, a long list of, and we're going to be hypothesizing here, folks. And the intention here is absolute respect for the families, everyone who's been affected by this. But we are going to tumble down the rabbit hole to discuss so many of the options. We've well, heard so I many mean, stories. If if one of my family members was shot or murdered, injured or murdered, I'd want to know the truth. And and there's nothing disrespectful about seeking the truth, no, right? Absolutely not. And that's what we're doing here today because we're hearing stories of, like I said, just him being the lone gunman to him being ISIS to him being an arms dealer. We're going to talk about all these different scenarios as well as kind of an acoustic breakdown of where we're hearing about second shooters. But like I said, we got our boy George Pardos on today. How are you doing today, George? I'm doing well. I mean, I, I just caught, I had a, a few minutes ago while talking to Pat, um, CNN, in the time that Pat called me until now, CNN just came out and said that the shooter, Mr. Paddock, um, shot and killed the shot and killed a security guard there six minutes prior to him beginning to shoot, which goes to question. Um, you get a security guard shot, you have it on camera, you've got live footage from the hotel. Why isn't a response team out there? Well, and even before we even kind of get started with this, something I found, I think I shared with Pat, on 4chan on September, I believe, 11th, 2017, a gentleman posted by the name of John went on to essentially say, avoid large, large, large crowds tomorrow if you see three black vans run away. And he even said he didn't know for sure it was going to happen He the next said day. it may not happen tomorrow, but Las Vegas is in their sights. Now, who's there? We're going to talk a little bit about that because um, any time something like this happens, you have to ask yourself, key bono. We could get into the conversations almost like the Kennedy assassination, how many shooters from what direction, how many rifles, etc., that kind of, it, it's a fun conversation to have when you get into the nuts and bolts of it, especially as it begins to contradict the official story. But of course, as always, there is always a larger apparatus of somebody or some groups benefiting from this chaos. Right, but let's, let's, and let's, let's bring it back, George. I want to talk to you specifically about logistics of a shooting like this. You're a combat vet. You were in Somalia. You've been in, in firefights. Only those who have been me, in combat and have, have uh, been in battles understand um, that. And, and you are also a very intelligent guy in terms of thinking about how this logistically went down. So, so go ahead and start breaking this down a little bit. Okay. I'm, we made a video about this earlier, but this is my from a technical standpoint. 
Everybody was, I, and I got the information from doing a survey. Uh, I used Google Maps. I used the elevation. I used the the street map, the the street view, the Apple uh, app where it tells you the walking distance. Where Jason um, Ladine had took the stage to the window is roughly 465 yards. Now, if you do a Pythagorean theorem that the bottom end of the the range to the height elevation, that means Mr. Paddock was shooting at a distance of 481 yards. Now, someone that had no previous military uh, military training whatsoever, unless, unless they they have a record somewhere we don't know about. Um, he wasn't a law enforcement agent, and he wasn't even, uh, from anything I can gather, he wasn't a military trained or Leo or any of that. His He's making shots. Of His brother corroborates the fact that he had no military background. Right. So here's here's my issue. It, it, you're telling me that a guy fired 2,000 rounds roughly, which is the amount of, of rounds you would have to hit, even probability hits. Um, to, to score 28% effectiveness um, is roughly the amount of people that you would have to, to, to shoot. So that, that's, that number, the 28%, has come from the RAND Corporation in Vietnam to on killing from Lieutenant uh, David Grossman to there's a lot of different places you can find that number. For every, uh, for every 100 rounds that a, a co- somebody in combat fires, um, you roughly hit about 20%. And these, so are, trained, these, are, these are trained military right. shooters. Trained shooters. This, this right. is not a, you know, so you're telling me that you would have to shoot roughly give or take a couple thousand rounds. Right. Now, the guy, here's the thing that I point out. We were in Badoa. Uh, it's a place outside of Mogadishu. Um, we were, we got into a, a, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, a, a firefight and a, a skirmish. We put together, I put the downrange right around 12 magazines. Now, this is, I was trained, I, at the time, um, that didn't happen in 11 minutes. Let, let me tell you this, this happened over the course of a, you know, an hour or so. But here's the point. I was exhausted and I was trained and I was on active duty. You're telling me a guy put together 2,000 rounds that quickly, um, it doesn't make sense because then you're what they're not saying is one of the things that happens when you start putting down a lot of ra- uh, rounds down range is you get what's called a shooter's cone. And the reason for that is you get the muzzle energy um, is like getting hit with a flashbang. It, it keeps coming back. Um, this is why the military has what's called a sustained rate of fire for weapon systems. So you don't get that. Then on top of that, you have what's called um shooter's mirage is that when the gas and the burnoff from the round starts elevating, um, it creates a little bit of mirage on the platform. Now, even with optical sights, with aiming point, even um, a Leupold 3x9, which what is that what is what the weapon looked like, there's going to be a lot of mirage there. Um, how did he keep it on target in that impact area, which is basically right by the stage. It does, from a technical standpoint, it is a shot that LeBron could make. I, I mean, it just it, it, it's it doesn't sound right to somebody that is trained. The the other thing that I, I point out, and this is something I, I, I shared with you, why do you have trained police officers in pictures covering from opposite angles? And and that's you know, and and I showed you that from the North Miami shootout in the 80s and North Hollywood in the 90s, you even a trained officer is hiding behind, taking cover behind a vehicle. They're not looking at the Mandalay Bay. They're looking at the right. It just doesn't add up if you talk about logistically. Well, and then I, another portion, I think, Pat, I said it to you this morning. I forget the guy's name, but he's the head of Natural News of the Health Ranger. He did a very, very in-depth, about a half-hour-long acoustic analysis, and he pretty much said the very thing you're saying. The outer, the, the, the shooter from the more outer perimeter was around 425 to 450 to 475 yards. And he said the, with, the, uh, with the analysis of the waveforms, 
there was another shooter within 200 to 300 yards of a smaller radius there. Have you heard anything about that kind of acoustic analysis differentiating between the shots that are further away and the shots that are closer to where that they can analyze the acoustic wave? Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that's called muzzle break, muzzle energy. So this is just technical, this is just from a technical point. When you have a hypersonic round, and at the M16 AR-15 platform, I think the round comes out roughly at 2,900 feet per second. It's a pretty, the 5.56 comes out rather fast. Now, there's some other rounds that, depending on whether, you know, it was what the loads were, because they haven't released that, you're getting around 3,000 feet per second. The muzzle energy from that is going to sound different. And the reason is because even if you fire two or three consecutive rounds, you still have muzzle energy coming back because you have the gas blowback coming out of the barrel. It doesn't sound, to me, it sounds like a belt-fed weapon only because of the cadence. Now, That's what I've heard as well from multiple different sources, belt-fed. And, we've, you know, I've been around, I was an M60 gunner, um, which is the, you know, which is a 308. And when you start putting rounds down range, there's a cadence to it. Uh, there's a cadence to a 249, which is squad automatic weapon. There's also a cadence to an M16. The, none of the, the long burst did not sound like an M16. And here's the, here's the second part of it. One of the, the people were saying he was using a CMAG, which is, a 90-round drum or a 100-round drum, depending on who the manufacturer is. I have never seen one of those being fired without having a um, without having a jam because it uses a, it basically a Nautilus spring system to push out. And again, you it, it jams. None of the none of the storyline is congruent with the weapons that they're showing. That that's. And, and us as a veteran, and mind you, one other thing, when I said I went to MP school, um, the scene doesn't look congruent. I, I, it just There's just too much things not to add up, and I think a lot of this would be cleared up once they release more information. And say, Do you think autopsy reports will help? Do you think uh, as far as extracting... Uh ballistic, not ballistic, but forensics, which direction bullets may have came from? Will autopsy repel? Yeah, because here's the the thing that I I pointed out, and this is one other thing I pointed out. There's a picture of the shooter dead, okay? Now, the blood spatter is congruent. The, The blood spill is congruent. There's nothing out of the ordinary about what he looks like. And because here's the thing, your heart keeps pumping for 30, 25 to 35 seconds, even after you're dead. It, it's not a, when you're dead, it, your body just doesn't shut down completely. If you, even if you've been shot through the brainstem, here's the, here's the question. I've never seen a gun that has gone three feet behind him to the right from a, a self-inflicted gunshot wound. That That's not congruent with it. It, was like um, a basket, it must've been a basketball handle on it. Yeah, I mean, it looks strange that the placement of the weapon after for it, to, for it to get there, right? Right, yeah. and it, here's the here's the thing that is congruent. If you shoot yourself in the mouth and and you're you're literally um, disconnecting the brainstem and it, you're you're gonna you're gonna be dead instantly. Your mouth is gonna fill up with blood. That's consistent. There was another long uh, rifle over his leg, over one of his legs. The lower right. The, the, what is in you know what's congru- not congruent about that? Is they're saying he shot himself with the 38. That doesn't look right. And here's the other thing, um, which all of us are pointing to. There have been active shooters or whatever you want to call them that they've released information. And all of us have said the same thing. Yeah, that sounds right. The Virginia Tech shooter, um, there was no conspiracy there. I mean, it, it, the, the, the rounds were congruent. You know, the, the, the firing pattern was congruent with the weapons he used. Um, you know, the, um, the, the Colorado abortion clinic that, that was congruent. Um, Columbine was congruent. I mean, 
this isn't. So I'm not, what we're saying is not all active shooters are deep state, right. you know, configurations. Right. Right. What we're saying in this case today, with the with the information that the the FBI and the Las Vegas police have released, it doesn't make sense to the people that have seen this in real life. That's right. what, Did you hear about the active shooter drill that took place two days before this all went down? Yeah, and and here's the other thing. Uh, two, a, a week before MGM dumped two hundred million dollars in stock. That was yeah. Well, George Soros, was, NBA, MGM, all their a lot of their executives. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Expound and on that. This is the other thing. Before 9-11, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not a, always a deep, deep state guy sometimes. I mean, I, you tell me who the babushka lady is, I'll start going farther down the rabbit hole. <laughs> but here's the thing. Prior to 9-11, they dumped what was equivalent, and, and I have to go back and look, but between 150 to 170 million in airline stock, and no one knows who the entity is that put that option in. Well, and, and we found out that the firm that did that was headed up by a guy named Buzzy Klongard, who went up become the, I think, the executive, one of the heads of the CIA, like the underlings, and he then went on become become the head of uh, German Deutsche Bank. So, yeah, it, I mean, and this is the stuff, and this is the stuff that drives people crazy, because when you're looking at it from a totality of circumstances, you have to say, what sounds right? What doesn't sound right? What, let's apply critical thinking and say, okay, you've got a 64-year-old guy who is shooting rounds downrange. Here's one of the things that that I, I pointed out to to Pat, and because me and him have you know trained together and, and all that, your brachial and radial tendon in your arm is the first thing to go when you are in that position. So picture yourself with a chick, you know. Um, your arm at a 90-degree angle, holding the trigger, even with a bump-fire stock, you still have to hold the trigger in place. Your brachial and radial tendon is going to get your, – your muscles are going to get tired. Even if you've been training, they've been, they're going to get tired. Right. And so you're telling me a 64-year-old guy, uh, it, you know, with, who's got a body by hostess, it just doesn't <laughs> – that doesn't add up, man. I mean, it just, no, you know, I mean, he's so, got the, you know, he's got the muscle mass of a prepubescent Scottish male. I mean, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't look right. And that's what we, and, and we as professionals or to say, you know, as veterans, we're looking, this is where it doesn't add up. This is, I mean, when I get, I mean, I've gotten inundated and I know Pat has two people that I don't even know sending me videos and screenshots, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, uh, it, it, none of it adds up. None of it really makes sense, and there's so many holes in the official story. It's with just... two with two thousand rounds fired, they hit twenty eight percent, which is five hundred and some people out of two thousand rounds, right? That's how many people were injured. Uh, right. Look, where are all the shell casings? There's they're right. sparsely scattered on the floor. There's if they a... find even one shell casing on the ground where the concert was, it's a wrap. As far as second shooter goes. Well, yeah, but here's the yeah. thing. What we're you know, I want to go there and inspect the ground. I want to see where the rounds were scraping off the concrete. I mean, they're, they're wouldn't there be that's sparks? That's an impact, night, George. Yeah, that's an impact cone. I mean, that right. you look at the cone, of, you look at the radial cone of fire, and that's what again, where there's a video that you posted, uh, Jeffrey, that I, I was watching at, and and I'm sorry, I did not see any ground mist, and ground mist is, um where you look at an impact area on the impact cone, you see rounds hitting the ground. Um, I, I don't see any of that. Right. And here, here's the other thing that, that in, in the acoustic um, area, when you hear a bang, they're shooting, they're shooting. When you hear a bang crack or bang whiz, they're shooting at you. Right. There's a video that is going around it looks like it is um, with the stage at about uh, 2.30 um, at, at that angle. There's a girl that is running by that gets shot. Okay, She falls to the ground. Typical, typical shot. The second, you know, there's a, a, she gets shot. There's a, you hear the, the rounds coming, but you don't see the impact where it should be. And I'm like, 
that doesn't look right. That that set looks like a lower elevation shooter. That that that's and and that's not all we're saying is hey look guys, the story you're saying is like you know is like asking your kid no I no dad I didn't take the last cookie. It doesn't sound right, and that's well, that the corroborates the, the the testimony from the girl who they interviewed. Um, the brunette girl, kind of greenish eyes, red plaid shirt. Was she was saying it was on the ground. They were pushing us basically towards the parking lot, where she said where there were more people in the parking lot firing from there. Yeah, and, and that her testimony alone, it was saying that there was somebody on that ground level. And another guy that got hit, he and his friends were hunkered down behind a vehicle, and. As the as the gunfire would go off, he said each time it got closer, and he said to his friends, "They're coming this way. We got to get out of here. We got to move." And they and they moved because he said very clearly they were getting closer and moving and advancing while they were firing. Well, and I got messages from from like you said, uh, George, former military who's hit me up. Who I'll just say have ties to the Mandalay, who I told them they didn't have to come on on camera. They could be announced if they wanted to, but they didn't even want to do that. So, But that former law enforcement, former military, who corroborate kind of what you're saying, these shots don't sound right as far as coinciding with the official narrative. And that's what that's all we're saying. I mean, we're not saying that this, you know, I, I mean, stepping aside from who was behind it, the story so far that's coming out doesn't sound legit. And that's what we're saying is, as veterans and and people that have actually put rounds down range. Now, could they have to, it? Is they it had to admit that ABC News has had to admit possible second shooter. Uh, the police during the press conference yesterday had to adjust the timeline as far as when he checked in. They originally said the twenty eighth or whatever. And now through, it's the twenty fifth. Now it's the twenty fifth. What are they hiding, George? That's the thing. Is look, right? They wouldn't be saying these things if they weren't trying to cover something up and then changing their story as they go along. Well, and leaking the photos, like you said. Right. Why would you leak photos of a crime scene, of a, the biggest mass shooting ever, unless you wanted to send a, a message and have people think a certain way? Within a day. Like, that happened, as you yeah. saw, everyone saw this, within a day or two. That never happened. Right. Well, not even, and let's be honest, the, the, if we put this on scale... Um, the Virginia Tech uh, pictures weren't released until I think 20. And correct me if I'm wrong, Pat, because I think you you quoted on this before. But the Virginia Tech weren't uh, weren't released I think until 20 days in. I, I um, the, well, some some sh some mass shootings I've never seen the photos of them at all. Right. Uh, the, yeah, but with with the Freedom of Information Act, they they released them. Uh, I think the, the Virginia Tech shootings, especially with the uh, the casings and the blood spatter on the walls and stuff like that, they were this released. One, this now, one didn't take an FOIA. I was just gonna say this. It, it smells like a fart in a car simply because. It well, was no, so but but there's a there's a um, in no because it's it, it's a I'm saying that it, it didn't take a Freedom of Information Act because right, right. Um, it's a state school and they are that is part of the federal. You know, federal government. Here's the thing: in in Columbus, we had the the Somalian kid with a knife on campus a, a little while back. Um, they released the photos the same or the next day. They were congruent. I, I, I'm just saying that you that here here's the 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 problem with today's environment. I think the the press is losing their ability to narrate the the story, and as a result of it. You're, you're getting questions that normally might have not been brought up by normal people. Well, um, accidental journalists and social media, it really it forced them to change their narrative within like two or three days. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. This guy, um, I don't want to reveal the source because the guy is a friend of mine and he's an actual, um, he's a, a, I'll just say he's one of the, a former veteran with one of the, uh, the special forces operations units. Um, and he made a, a valid point that nobody is, is bringing up on this. And, and he says, what if that guy wanted to be a martyr? Just hear me out on this. And this is, um, so the, the guy knows that they're going to die and they, they follow, this has followed the pattern of suicide bombers. Okay. And when, when you just step away from the box for a second and think about this. He kills himself, kills a whole lot of people, and he does it for a cause. 
Now, what happens if that cause was they wanted to get gun control initiated? Now, this is a this is on the this is you know pretty you know a stretched narrative, but think about that for a second. If you are going to have a cause, what is the thing that you do that to to lead that cause? You martyr yourself while taking innocence with you. That that's you know insurgency 101. Well, I mean, the, with the narrative that they even say he recently converted to Islam. The people, the lady. Yeah, but that's wrong. not. What, I don't know that. You know that in of itself, but like uh, Terry Wynn or the head of the Wynn thing, he was saying throughout the months and months of them being in Vegas, they never drank a single drop of alcohol, which is also strange. I don't know if that means he's a devout Muslim, maybe he's a Mormon, maybe the guy just doesn't drink. But yeah, I mean, but here's the one. Name me. But during that same time, name me a. a you know that he was gambling, which is also haram. Sure. I, I mean, sure. It, you know, I mean, let, let's just do that. He was gambling. Um, you know, he. Um, he, here's the thing. I want to see the room service bill because we did. We did. No, you did not. No, 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 no. You saw a a room service bill. Right. You, well, it, it, you, well, it definitely showed more than one person. Two sodas. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, you you saw a room service. I want to see right. the room service for the other three days before he, you know, the the, the days prior to that. Because right. let me tell you, I know, I know a lot of gamblers. Um, I know I've been to Vegas. I've watched the World Series of Poker. Um, you know, I used to write for Fight Magazine, and I, I I've seen what they do out there when they binge. They binge play. I've seen guys binge for eight, ten hours straight. They come back and they, you know, they, you know, they drink. And, and I and I don't. I want to see the 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 room service bills prior to that. But it, like I said, with this whole thing, none of none of the story from a technical aspect, even from an ideological aspect, sounds correct. Because what? Who were you angry at? You got. You're a millionaire. You, you know, you don't fit the pattern. That's what I'm. That's disgruntled. What, that's that's what I'm saying is, look, and you you may not choose to go down this rabbit hole with us, but um, a guy that made. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely. I'm not completely there. And the only other thing that, that <laughs> well, I'm, you gotta let me explain first. Hold on. <laughs> and then you and and I'll, I'll be quiet for a second. And this is the last point I'll make for on. Okay. Um, the guy filed a slip and fall adversarial lawsuit against the casino out here. Right. And this, this was a few years before. Now, slip and falls are very common. Those are common lawsuits. He would have then been on facial recognition. And if you file an adversarial lawsuit against the casinos, the, the, there's a term that they use about where you are no longer being able to be an invited guest in. Right. Why they let him in in the first place? That's that doesn't sound right to me either. And I'm just looking at it from a you know business perspective. If you sued my company, I'm not letting you come back into my store. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So well, that and the metal detectors. They have metal detectors all over out there that did not go off, and you know, with these twenty plus weapons and however many hundreds of pounds of rounds. Well, I don't know that the, where I don't know where they were deployed at. I mean, that's that's the question. Um, well, it's here, and the, the wind guy, <clears throat> excuse me, slipped up and said he used the freight elevator in the in the interview he did. That he could have possibly used the freight freight elevator. If you can go back and yeah. watch that watch that interview, he kind of slipped up. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there was a DJ convention going on at the same time, and if the guy says, "Hey, listen, I'm," you know, you slip a guy a hundred dollars to get you upstairs to get you know your bag. I, I don't find that. I, I can see that narrative working i i can see that you know because i've been to vegas i mean you you if you slip one of these guys at the hotel 100 bucks 50 bucks whatever they'll do just you know they'll they'll go out of their way because again if you take a look at where his suite was you know he had reserved that suite three weeks or i'm sorry two months advance because you're not getting that you know you're not getting that suite um in you know in two days uh you know with that concert i mean even bookings.com, um, the guy that released the bookings.com info said that, you know, two days prior, 
um, Las Vegas was like at a 98% rating, which is almost full occupancy. Now, it, very rarely does it get to 100%. But, I mean, you know, you, you're at a, a very high level. Um, it just doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, plenty of holes, man. Sorry to my absence there, a little technical stuff. But, yeah, I mean. Um... So, anyway, let me let me go to this. If I'm a dope dealer, if I'm a guns dealer, um, illegal weapons uh, movement type person, I'm going to go to Vegas and try to launder some money, right? Correct. And he made $5 million reportedly gambling in 2016. There's something very fishy with this also. And I is it really that far of a stretch, George, to say the guy had two airplanes, one of them was traced back to a corporation that was connected to a guy in the Obama administration. That's not a stretch. That's a fact. That plane was originally owned by that person. Is it a stretch to say that this guy was moving weapons for either the FBI or CIA, and he thought he was doing an arms deal and got set up, and this stuff went down? I mean, that's a possibility because, like I said, that's, you know, if you take a look at it, at, at, at the motive, you know, um, I mean, you do a, you know, do you do a last Boy Scout, smoke a couple cigarettes, kill everybody in the room. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that that is a possibility. I mean, well, this, it, it, this also it, coincides with the fact that a lot of his uh, financial transactions going back to 2014 turned up on certain radars that the federal government has on uh, financial transactions dealing with terrorism, money laundering, etc. Sorry about that. So, well, and and you guys posted this on your wall. Um, they, you know, that they, the Las Vegas Police Department sheriff said, I, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Sheriff's Department said that he had planned an escape route. How do they, how did they know that? What, what was the trigger? What was the trigger? That, that, that kind of came up recently yeah. in the last couple of days. How, what would be, what would be the telltale signs that someone had planned an escape route? Was there a car outside running? I know, I know. I mean, it, what's the signal? Because right. here's here, here's the thing: there, in any in any pattern in what, what they call heuristics, in, in every pattern, you have to there's signals, you know. And so, what did they have? I mean, did he have an escape car in the garage with, you know, rented plates? Did he? You know, what? That's where that's where here, George. Go back to the, the security guard that was shot. Where was the security guard shot and killed? Right we don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where. I, I have not seen that information, so I can't answer that one. It's supposedly right outside the door. He supposedly put 200 rounds through the door, the hotel door, and hit the security guard, who was supposedly initially was responding to the smoke alarm from his guns. Now it's saying he was responding to something else on the floor. So, again, you know, shifting shifting of the narrative in, in real time. And right. Let's, because talk about, let's talk about also... The video that I saw of the lady uh, inside the Bellagio, where the front the front side of the Bellagio, it's it uh, got scraped. And you're talking by, about it there. But you talking about fire, and people were all on the ground hiding in inside the Bellagio, and her saying, you know, the news is not reporting this. I'm just going to tell you what's really going on. This place just got hit by gunfire, and that happened right before all this stuff that's broke. Area footage. The ARIA. Oh, that's di that's different. So again, that's, that's a different one. That whole night, you know, I listened the next day okay. to the police scanner for about an hour and a half. You had Tropicana, Mandalay Bay, New York, New York, Bellagio, Mandalay, or, Aria, uh, Aria, and all of these. Within minutes, you're like, oh, we're here in New York, New York. No, nothing here. Oh, we're here. But they were saying like GSW, you know, gunshot victim here, and then they go there. Oh, nobody here in New York, New York. No, nobody false alarm. And like I told Pat, somebody either those really happened or somebody was calling those in, which actually leads to the whole freaking narrative of like all these different mis and disinformation stories, which is just convoluting the whole freaking thing. Which, in my opinion, I think is part of the whole operation, keeping everybody guessing. Arm smuggler, ISIS. You know what I mean? The brother sitting there. You know, he's really odd. He's wearing a T-shirt the other day. Um, he, he used to work for a PR firm out of Florida that did PR for the Pulse nightclub shooting. So it's like, you know, the guy's dad was FBI most wanted, you know, the, the pilot with the, you know, tracking him down to different, it's just, it's crazy. He's got government written all over him. Right. And, and here's, here's the thing that I, you know, that you always, 
you you go back to trends, okay? You know, I, and I, I pointed something out the other day, and I and I got into this, you know, into this debate with a with a gentleman, and I've been able with a a saw, okay, uh, squad automatic weapon, and and three with three. Um, I had three drums. I had to cover a distance of 700, almost 800 yards. Okay, it, it, it's it's not easy. And so you're telling me this, this is the other thing that I saw is that these guys were um, he was lifting up the the weapons from one place going back to the other, and he did this in a matter of 11 minutes. Right. I, I just. I, I, man, I just tell you guys, it just doesn't add, the, so the logistics. Talk, let's talk about when you were a Marine and in shape, um, how old were you? Well, let, I, I mean, I served till I was, uh, until 2000 in the Army Reserve, but it, when I was in the Marine Corps, served from 84 to 88, I was two, 230 pounds. Um, how much I was do you in, weigh now? Um, Sorry to ask, but I'm just, what's that? 310, 312. So, so when you were 230, you were a freaking badass, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and it was tough for you to carry weapons. Yeah. I mean, even when, you know, even uh, when I was in. Um, saws when I was, light. I've, right. I've, I've fired right. saws before. Those things are heavy. And even when I, I got out of the Marine Corps, I was, you know, in the Army Reserve from 88 to 2000. And, you know, I, I went on a couple of deployments. You know, like I said I, I went to Somalia in the Army, you know, in the Army Reserve and I went to Kosovo. Even then, when I carried, I was still in shape. You got to remember, Pat, in 97, I wrestled for the U.S. Army team. Right. So, I, I mean, even when during those times when I was in shape, it's still exhausting. You're carrying dead weight. And an, MC, and an AR-15, that... That platform that they showed a picture of, I'm not talking about our, you know, what we carry, but that platform weighs empty 16 pounds. Now, and 37, you know, 35, depending. Go ahead, I, go ahead, Jeffrey. No, I was just saying that adds up. That poundage for the, you know, that adds up. Yeah, I mean, and you're not carrying it as a weight. I mean, you know, 16 pounds as a weight is not the same as 16 pounds. When you're when it's 40 inches long and you're having to maneuver it around, it, it, it's dead weight and it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't it doesn't move like you think it does. And that's what I'm saying. Those are the technical things that we've seen that that don't add up. And I mean, you, you know, um, and and here's the you know here's the the other point. If you always fo follow the money. This is something that I that I'm, I'm going to bring up, and, and this is just because, like I said, I I, I understand Vegas. There's a, a mechanism in Vegas for what's called a gambling marker. Those gambling markers can be sold. That that's something that that wasn't only one person has brought this up in conversation. That if a gambling marker is like a check, I I can hand you the check, and you can then um um then you can hand the, the check to somebody else. Um, and I think that's it was an easy way of doing that. Well, when you talk about, you know, players involved, I, you know, always go back to, like I said, follow the money, key bono, something I found very interesting that Pat just mentioned a second ago. So back back in Christmas, whatever that was, the, 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 the underwear bomber that wound up necessitating Michael Chertoff's security group putting in Rapid scans, which was actually uh, run by his biggest client called OSI Services, owned by a man named Deepak Chopra, not the same Oprah Deepak Chopra, but he pretty much had a multi, multi-million dollar deal with the TSA for the scanners, which ran out about two years ago. So uh, getting into the key bono, you have to look at something like that, and then individuals like Sheldon Adelson or uh, a gentleman by the name of James Murin. He's essentially the CEO of the MGM International. And Murin's one of the guys that sold millions of dollars millions of stock. Millions of dollars of stock. But he's also on a board called the National Infrastructure Advisory Council, 
which is run by the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, and he's also a member of the Critical Infrastructure Security and Resilience National Research Group, and their whole thing is about getting legislators to put these kind of back scanners, more and more back scanners, and scanners in general, inside not just casinos, high schools, etc. Arenas all around the country. Are you talking about the? Are you are you talking about the Cyret scanner? Well, yeah, well, basically uh, the same type of scanner, the back scanners as well as the body scanners that went into the airports. But hold on, my point is, within 24 hours, the CEO of the Chernoff Group, his name is Chad Sweet, was on all the news shows talking about scanners. Wow, something like this. Wow, we really uh, need to up our security in Las Vegas by utilizing things like, mm, I don't know, the scanners that we sell. So, you know, um, pay attention let me bring to those names, and gentlemen, let's... James Meir and Michael Chernoff. CEO of uh, OSI Systems, Deepak Chopra. These are just some names to think about when you start talking about key bono and follow the money. Scanners coming to an arena, uh, an arena near you in the very near future. Well, here's the thing. Um, I want to point this out from a technical. T- at the at the Ben Gurion Airport in Israel, they have what's um, and a couple other places at the hotel. They have these scanners that look like uh, no. Uh, it, it just looks like a small obelisk. Um, Syret McCall of the what's equivalent to the Israeli is part of the Israeli Special Forces Operations Group uses these. Um, they have a, a a densometer on there where it can measure. Now, if you have one weapon on you, maybe it comes off, maybe it doesn't. But if you have a multiple weapons on you, or at least it, they're, you're, you're printing, um, it will pick that up. So if you have, let's say, a magazine or two magazines and a, a sidearm, it will pick that up. Those scanners are re- relatively effective, but they're also very expensive. Um, the Secret that's Service the uses yeah, no, that's the... the point. That's our point. This is, this well, is... here, here's the thing. The Secret Services on, on what they call national-level events, like the Super Bowl, has them. Um you know, so, so trying to make these ubiquitous high school games, casinos, right. theaters. You know, this this goes into the larger, in my opinion, the social engineering of the technocracy that has us all tagged and bagged the moment we walk out of the door with our phone. Like ever, it's already happening. We see it, but you know, the brave new world is unfolding, and things like this, these events, only expedite it. Well, and and here's the thing: Chertoff was, you know, used the uh, the line by um, uh, Heydrich. And that scared me more than anything else. He's like, you know, in order to get some security, you got to give up some of your freedoms. I mean, it, that that was that was Hydrix's move. And and here's the thing: those those scanners, what they do is they they measure moving. What you you dial them in, and so anything that's stationary doesn't read up. So you you kind of uh, I don't know whatever you want to call them. You you register them, so they know that everything that metals in the area. Then what they actually pick up is signatures of moving metal objects and its density. So, for example, um, if you have, you know, weapons as a whole are dense metal because of, you know, just the, the actual platform itself. So you have to kind of, you know, it, it will pick them up. Now, the range is, is, is fixed for one, but if you were to say put 20 or 30 in them, yeah, they'd pick them up. Um, the, the only other, you know, the, the question then that goes to force you to, to acknowledge is what exactly will that do with the Vegas concealed carry laws? Because um, and casinos don't have one that don't, doesn't let you carry on the floor. Right. Unless I'm mistaken, I, I. No, I think I think Terry Wynn said that no no guns are allowed in the casinos. I guess except for staff and security, etc. Um, is that in every place in the casino, even your room, or is that just in the casino proper? I he didn't necessarily qualify. It It's not like he just said casinos, uh, just in general. So I'm not sure about the rooms, but um, yeah, he pretty much said through their scanners and through the technology they already have. He said within the last couple of years they've completely upgraded their security, retrained their housekeeping, like from the ground up, millions and millions of dollars of upgrading their security. But he also alluded to the possible need for more things like these back scanner or the you know, back whatever they're calling in the and you know just more right. metal detectors etc which you know we just think there's a bigger picture to this sure uh, for, for yeah, the motive they can't find a motive George they cannot find a motive the fact that they cannot find a motive for this shooting look 
this I think this goes much bigger, and people can call me insane, people can call me crazy, but the day after this happened, I said there were other shooters. I, I just I went I went on gut feelings all the time. Well, George. I'm gonna and, I'm gonna throw something hold out. On, hold on. The, okay. The, 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 that this goes this goes much bigger and, and you don't have to go down this rabbit hole you don't have to be as crazy as I am how's that we'll save you we'll save you now from it all but okay I'm look, gonna give guy, you a I, guy goes out a guy goes out and he shoots a bunch of country music fans right 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 is that poking the sleeping bear the conservatives in this country to try and get an uprising going so that they can get something bigger not only to sell billions of dollars of scanners but also at the same time hit conservatives piss off the conservative base in this country, the constitutionalists, who finally say, you know what, F you, we've had enough, it's time to fight back, and all hell breaks loose. I, I think this goes much bigger in my mind. Well, one of the uh, initial frankly. stories was they found Antifa literature in his stuff, which was another, you know, yeah, this we, is we all... never found that verified or not. But it posted that same thing of like, what, he's Antifa? You know, just that it's right not, left thing. But here's the thing. I'm telling you right now, he, I just, I have a tough time believing he was the shooter. I have a very tough time. I, I, I'll give you. I'll give you one without having to go down the rabbit hole. Um, let me ask you a question. Which one of you in the last uh, in the last week has heard about the uh, the Federal Reserve asking that they said that they're going to clear a little over two trillion dollars off their balance sheets in the next uh, year? Right. I, I mean, and I'm not. This isn't. Even Rand Paul's not raising hell about that. No, no, no. I'm not making this up. Is I'm not conspiracy theory in this. No, I'm, I'm not. sure you're. I'm sure you're exactly right. I mean, that's um, that's what everybody's saying during all these different quote-unquote distractions. What's going on? You know, what else is going on legislatively? Federal Reserve. There's a lot of stuff that they're probably sneaking through while we're distracted. Because I mean, Janet Yellen, and this is on Bloomberg News. I'm not quoting Alex Jones, mother. You know, right. mother. You know, mother any of these. Mother Jones, whatever. This is on Bloomberg News that they've got two trillion dollars on their balance sheet that they need to true up. Um, okay, what did you do with that two trillion dollars? I mean, I, I mean, what, what do you need to true up with it? Are you selling bonds off? Are you, you know, are those toxic assets? Is this, you know, going to be a QE three four? I mean, scenario? Much, yeah, through, yeah, they've already done QE3 and 4. Between the collateralized debt obligations and the derivatives, $2 trillion is just a drop in the hat. <laughs> right, but I mean, this is the same news that came out the same week, and nobody, no one is mentioning that. And I'm not, you know, like I said, I have a hard time. And, and let, me, let me say this to, to Pat, because there's always a janitor in conspiracy theories, okay? And this is, this is something I point out. Sometimes conspiracy theories do come true. Uh, you know, MK Ultra is one of them. The Tuskegee Airmen is another. I mean, there are conspiracy theories. Gulf of Tonkin, John Kennedy, Robert yeah. Kennedy, name it. Well, I'll give you another. I give you. I'll give you another prime example. Um, when I was in the Marine Corps, and this is you guys, um, you know, might remember this, might not. When I was in the Marine Corps in 1986 and 87, the Iran Contra affair came out. Right. And no one in the Marine Corps said, we have a Marine that is running it. No one did. I mean, they were like, no, the House the House Armed Forces Committee, when Lieutenant Colonel North had to testify, prior to that, it was a conspiracy. It took them five years from 87. It was, it was, it was in, in, in Bush's 41 last year as president, where they convicted the last members of the Poindexter clan, whatever you want to call them, uh, Admiral Poindexter. So conspiracy theories and, and, and things like that, they don't unravel, they don't always unravel quickly like we want them to. Sometimes it takes years. But yeah, only through historical perspective can we now say, hey, Robert McNamara said the Gulf of Tonkin never happened. But if you were on August, I think the Gulf of Tonkin happened August 4th. If you were on August 5th or 6th saying, hey, you guys, this never happened, you would have been how we are now. You're crazy. You're conspiracy. Only through historical perspective are we able to be, quote, unquote, vindicated. But, and, yet, really and yet we have uh, um, Tom Cruise's new movie out playing the part of Barry Seal, who was a CIA pilot. Um, and America's watching this movie, 
And nobody, it's not, nobody it's believes not that. Hard to understand. I mean, and, and you and I talked about it, George. You know, I had a friend. Um, he had to explain to me. I said uh, because he wanted to open an affiliate school underneath me, and I said, "Give me your full real name, your social security number, and your birth date." And he goes, "All right, I got to fess up to you. Here's the deal. I was a pilot. This is what we were doing. I ran Contra. They were flying a DC-9 full of cocaine, pallets of cocaine." They dropped pallets outside of Detroit in a field and then landed at the Detroit airport where the FBI and DEA was. And unfortunately, for the pilot and co-pilot, there was also media there. Uh, exactly right, as, right. The, as the movie that Tom Cruise just did, this, this guy told me this 10 years ago, said, we called up our friends in Langley and handed the FBI uh, the phone. And he got on the phone and said, all right, you're free to go. And the media freaked out. But this guy ended up having to go down for it. And he spent 10 years in prison because of it. So, you know, this stuff goes on. And that's that's why I'm sitting here harping about this guy. I'm, everything's pointing at him being an arms dealer, dude. I'm he telling fit, you. He totally, for well, me, me too, and, he and, fits the cutout. He fits the cutout totally of a Barry Seal, this guy. Shipping $100,000 to his girl, which is apparently no big deal. 200 times he wired money. His brother's like, hey, if we want to go get fresh sushi in Japan, we go do it. Like, he was a baller. He was apparently some retired IRS agent, retired post office worker, whatever. I don't care if he's a gambler. He ain't making that much money to be balling like that. And he, he, with all the other, uh, with the, with the uh, airplane, with the tag affiliated, with these different entities, he just reeks of Barry Seal type activity. Let me ask you a question. Just to, I, I, and, and just to point this out, where all of my, all of my fellow veterans ask, um, out of curiosity, how did Al Qaeda? And ISIS get HK 416s because because there's a company called what? Arsenal Weapons Manufacturing in Bulgaria and a, a, an airline called Silkway Airlines that's delivering them. Right. We got that, a Bulgarian that, reporter who said that you lost your job for bringing that to everyone's attention. Well, and and I, I point this out HK 416s and the reason. That uh, the the one platform that HK416 is the the Navy SOCOM weapon that they're of choice um, is you know how does it get in the hands of ISIS and Al Qaeda? We're not talking about you know a run of the mill you know an HK416 is actually a pretty expensive platform. And and again, when when people that have done something look at something and it doesn't look right. You, you have to start asking, what, what, what's the rest of the story, guys? You know, it, it's like me, me and you, you know, it's like uh, marrying the stripper that claims to be a virgin. That doesn't just quite sound like I mean, it just, Something's not right here. I'm uh, like, yeah, I mean. And on your honeymoon, you had to use a, a ham bone and chicken livers for a shell. Yeah. I mean, it is. it is. You know, it's like the guys that come back from a seventh-month deployment and their and their wives are three months pregnant. We've uh, seen. What do they call that, Jody? What, what do they call yeah, that? Jody yeah, that older? yeah, Jody. Because, but I mean, these are the things that happen. They just when when you look at things, is I I want I, I want to know the truth. And here's the thing: it's easy to to you know fall down the rabbit hole when you're not being told the truth. Because I look at these guys and I'm like. No, guys, that, that, that just doesn't sound right. And, 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 and when you know we've been lied to over and over, the most prudent right. thing to do would be to question the official story. Like, And that's what's so beautiful about this, George. Lay people, general, normal people who do not do this kind of conversation are asking, saying the same thing you are. Something's not right here. This just doesn't seem right. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Everyone has that disclaimer, but something doesn't seem right. So right. you and, know something's up. And here's the thing. And and let's be let's be you know let's not look we don't have to look that far when we've been lied to. Take a look at the amount of ninja loans, and, and I'm just using this as a perspective because it was in commerce in all 50 states, and no one. And this is how easy it is to for them to or, or for people to be hoodwinked. Ninja loans, which were no income, no job verifications, were giving to the American public. At a at in the hundreds of billions of dollars, and no one bothered to ask. Hey, this doesn't quite seem right, and it wasn't until afterwards we were like, "Yeah, that was a pretty stupid idea." So when you look at things, um, 
and they don't seem right, you got to ask yourself, what's the rest of the story? Right. So, what do you think? What's the farthest the authorities will end up telling us in terms of the truth, George? Do you think they'll say, "Oh, we, we finally found another shooter"? Do you think somebody's going to have to go down? Yeah, I think I think that's going to go down. I think they're going to they're going to. Or will it be somebody who ends up dead in a shootout? Yes. Yes. Well, yes. Hey, did you guys did you guys just see in New York there was a, a gentleman in New York who was just raided by the FBI? And then a day late, coinciding with this, because apparently his charger, there was all these electronics found in the shooter's room. One of the charges was traced back to this guy in New York. FBI leaves. He kills himself and his disabled daughter. This all happened within the last 48 hours. Right. And this was all... Uh, take, a look. take a look. Take a look. We don't have to go that far back to take a look. Look at Ruby Ridge. Look at Waco. I mean, it doesn't, you know, um, or, you know, take a look at even at, at speed. Um, what happens when you're running down the, you know, you shoot the hostage? Well, there's, um, you know, that didn't, that doesn't come into, into a narrative by itself. Nothing ever. I don't. I'm like Jethro Gibbs on NCIS. There's no such thing as coincidence, and there's no, and there's no such thing as coincidence in random patterns. That's, you know, that is the, um, one of the things that we I've been taught. And especially um, if you go into, you know, and and to any military training, there's no they they tell you there's no such thing as coincidence. You you know you, that's why you have salute reports. Um, you you know you look at exactly what the enemy is is doing to make sure that you have the right uh, you know the right evaluation. Well, and I think they were just uber sloppy this time because you just had like i said your lay folks questioning this i mean it just there's so many holes but i mean you know i i just since the official story is the official story at this point everything else is just conjecture circumstantial etc etc similar to like the jfk situation regardless of what ironclad information is the official story is this guy with a shitty italian rifle shot you know three times in less than six seconds you know creating whatever you know what i mean it just Right. It, it's it's not, like I said, the official narrative once it's already been set into everybody's mind. You identified everybody on the. Uh, you identified everybody on the lawn except the babushka lady. Come on now. <laughs> I, I mean seriously. You know. Uh, you know names, birth dates, everybody else, and the only person you cannot figure out is the babushka lady who's wearing or badge, a, badge man. Or, you know what I mean? Right. I mean you. You. You know. Everybody else is on, on the. On the. On the thing has been identified, and that's why it always leads. Here, here's this, and I've got to get going. But here's the, the the final thing that what leads to conspiracy theories or leads to to questioning is when the facts just don't add up. And like I said, it's not that we're questioning every active shooter. It's not that we're act, you know, questioning every time there's been an act of violence. Um, it's not that we're at, it, it's in this particular instance, there's just so much loose ends. And until you start telling the truth about them, we're just not going to be able to, you know, to, to get a good story until, you know, well, the more answers they supposedly give us, the more questions we have, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Because they start, you know, and I know you've got to go, George, but, you know, in, in the end, the fact that, you know, people have been questioning what actually happened. Suddenly they start saying, Oh, he may have, he may have had help. Oh, there might have been a second shooter. Oh, right. a security guard. By the way, a security guard was shot and killed. You know, it's oh, oh yeah. Now we changed the timeline of when he checked in. One of the most secured watch places ever. Oh no, he was here three days more than we thought. What the fuck? Come on, man. And I never had sex with that woman. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me when I say this. All right. Well, George, yeah. thank you very much it's for joining us. It's always pleasure, Pat and uh, Jeffrey. You guys are, uh, you know. And you guys are doing a great job because these are questions that need to be asked and answered. So, well, hey, George, shoot out, shoot out some of your social media so people can follow you, bud. I will do so, and I appreciate this. And and you guys have a great day, and we'll talk later. Talk about your podcast real quick. Yeah, shout out some social. Where can we track you down? Twitter, social networking. Um, we are on Veteran Radio Syndicate, which is v e t r s dot com. Um, you can listen to my show there and also on Spreaker on the Veteran Radio Syndicate. Um, I'm on uh, Veteran Radio Syndicate every Sunday nights from 9 to 11. We cover political issues and 
on Veteran Radio. We're on. Uh, I'm on uh, Thursday nights at eight, where I cover financial um, transactions and how to man- manage your money better. So, well, and, but before we let you go, let me know what do you think before, just if you can, and just maybe ten seconds. Yeah. What do you think happened in Vegas? What I mean, after all this conversation, what do you think went down? Um, I think you had a. I, I think you had. I think you had two shooters. Um, I think it was a transaction that went bad um, in order to, to have some cover fire for the people that were there uh, to get out. I, I mean, that went, you just went down the rabbit hole. He is, he is. No, I mean, and, and the more I look at it, I, I mean, seriously, it, it, you know, if you are going to if there's two shooters, why do we only have one? You know, and, and here's the thing. Um, there's an old saying. Three people can, you know, two people can keep or whatever. Three people can keep it a secret when two of them are dead. Well, you shoot the guy that is doing it. The other guy is the, you know, the, the, um, they had the escape route. Maybe he was the one that used it and Paddock was the, the Patsy. Again, it doesn't, you know, it, it, that's the too many questions. George, thank you very much. George Pardos, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, we uh, look forward to talking to you again soon on this as more answers come out, my friend. Uh, have a good day, Pat. Have a good day, Jeff. And then thank, thank you for you, having yeah. me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was a wrap with George Pardo's former Marine breaking down with his astute analysis on the goings on of uh, what happened in Las Vegas. Man, pretty good episode, don't you think? Yeah, well, and the thing about George is why I wanted to get him on is because he's not just an average Joe. He's a very intelligent guy. He owns a multi million dollar company. Um, you know, a combat veteran has been in, been in some pretty thick. Uh, and heavy spots in combat before, and so look, I want to I want to hear from guys who have who have been through this sort of stuff, the shooting um, scenarios, things like that, and and have their expertise weigh in on what we're talking about. And again, um, we just didn't. As this goes further, we do not. We're not being told the truth. No, right? on many, clearly, they've they've already changed their story several times. They've added things in, um, as we mentioned during the podcast. I just think the fact that George made that statement at the end and said that he thought it was a transaction gone wrong, at least he's gone that far. Right. Where where I take it a step further and think he was just flat out set up. I think he was he was the fall guy, didn't know it, got whacked. I think he very possibly, without a doubt in my head, well, there is a doubt, but I think he was dead before any, any rounds went down range. Which is possible, and again, that's like the more questions we think we have and the more answers we think we get, you know, we just honestly just have more questions just because, you know, the official story is clearly a lie, and they convoluted with so much mis- and disinformation about who this guy was. And, and, and is it possible that he was a guy on antidepressants and uh, went off the deep end and wanted to kill a bunch of country music fans? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything's possible, I guess, but, you know, <laughs> the likelihood of that just sounds, you know, just it, it, getting his government background, the planes, his brother's ties with PR, organ, it just, again, it just reeks, man. It, it, to me, like, having known these cards, these, cut, these cutouts of individuals like Lee Harvey Oswald, Tamerlan Zarnayev, you know, Barry Seal, these guys, you know, these scenarios happen a lot, more, way more than we think, and like I said, you know, with the power of the social media and the internet, stuff's coming out. Man. Is it a, is it to kill two birds with one stone? Is it sell billions and billions of dollars of scanners in every arena and casino around the country, and take out the conservative movement, take out President Trump, the globalist big move? Right? There's a lot here. Look, that may be too much for you to comprehend. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, if, if things go the way they wanted to as far as instituting this kind of techno, techno, technological infrastructure, that'll go beyond right and left. That's tagging everybody. Yeah. And yeah. if you're talking about high schools, movie theaters, etc., this is, you know, this is what's been prophesized by, you know, your brave new world. I'm not a huge fan of Aldous Huxley, etc., but, I mean, this has been spoken about before. Well, and the, to go even further, you sit there and you think, when you go back in history... Uh, right now, you you see all these people that would argue with you and I about they they literally as private citizens defend the globalists. Right. They defend the globalists. Right. The people that want that global control. The uh, a one. I mean, the UN suddenly ruling over every country. You know, which they're trying to do anyway. Yeah. Um, the Council on Foreign Relations. All these global entities controlling everything. There's citizens, our fellow citizens, that are sticking up for this. That are fighting tooth and nail for their own demise, for their own control. And here's the thing. When you go back in history over and over and over again, 
those people that fought for a Hitler in terms of political, um, besides the few top people, right. those people that uh, stood up for a Stalin, a Pol Pot, or, or this or that, once they get their power and are in control, those people don't matter either. No. We're all thrown in the grinder. It's all a matter of political expediency, and that's kind of this Hegelian dialectic of problem-reaction-solution. They're making it so bad where they, you know, I've had or heard your Aldous Huxley's and people say people are going to beg for your FEMA camps, beg for your, your you know, your your global intrusion or your UN forces or whatever. Please put, a, please put a chip in me. Right, exactly. So I can get my welfare payments and scan for food. And... Mark of the beast, man, mark of the beast. And that's what people don't, I mean, it's... It happens all over. They, the powers that be are so freaking masters at beguiling people and misleading and in and, and totally basically lying to their face. People don't see behind the benevolent facades and see the more nefarious shit going on underneath because then you're a conspiracy theorist, etc. No, dude, you got to get your own freaking critical thinking on. And as we say all the time, take responsibility for what the hell you put in your brain because I say again, Ignorance, people's ignorance is becoming very dangerous. It's annoying. It, it is, but like it's you annoying. said, you're, you're, they begged, it, shit was so bad with the Weimar Republic before Hitler came in, they they loved when Hitler came in. Or Stahl, or anybody who comes in in this authoritarian kind of thing, providing supposedly this you know silver bullet solution to all your problems. For In order for you first to take that, or be willing to take that, shit has to get real desperate cause and real and effect, bad. Cause and effect. And this is what we're having right now. We're having, like we say all the time on this show... Unrest between Republican, Democrat, right, left, gay, straight, Muslim, Christian. Man, they, woman. They, gender, gender roles, all of that. They need us at each other's throat on all levels before the full plan can come in. But, you know, they're they're slowly and surely doing it, man. We're, we're sort of like boiling frogs. We're wise to it. But we're hip to it, dude. We smell it like a fart in a car. And this show <laughs> is to try to get you guys hip to it. And again, man, thank you guys so very much. Again, click the little PayPal link underneath us. We are grassroots listener supported. Every bit helps, man. Thank everybody. Seriously, thank everybody yeah, so much who has chipped in so far. We need your help, guys. We definitely want to do more of this, take all of this to the next level, and we're going to need your help, man. Thank, thank you. We want to be on the ground in Vegas. We want to go to places. We want to investigate. We want to we want to cause some trouble. We want to stir things up and uh, make this even more exciting. Absolutely. If that's possible, because we're so freaking excited already. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Stay tuned. Peace. And there will be more.